Hi there, it's uh, Steve Mingle here, um, I'm based uh, primarily in Manchester and I've uh, been doing spoken word stuff for well, about 15 months before lockdown and uh, having, having great fun uh, with it. I'm going to do a couple of poems for you. The first one is called, uh, is really about the futility of dieting and it's called No Chips. No chips, I'm on a diet, it really works. You ought to try it. I've now survived for 15 days without a trace of mayonnaise. I used to get me five a day from a bottle of Chardonnay. Now it's organic runner beans, broccoli and clementines. Once I thought that nothing beats a deep pan pepperoni pizza, but now for dinner I love to eat a chicken salad with two rivita. No chips, I'm on a diet. Grill it, steam it, just don't fry it. Eating stuff that's cooked in lard will only make your arteries hard. Don't tuck into that pork pie, you prat, it's full of saturated fat. Resist that cunning greasy batter, it's simply mind over matter. Just a chunk of Stilton or Red Lester will raise your level of bad cholesterol. And if that kebab slides down your throat, you'll end up like Mr. Creosote. No chips, I'm on a diet. Haven't you cynics all gone quiet? It's worth coping with a little hunger to make yourself look 10 years younger. I've got me GP off me back and slashed me risk of heart attack. By carefully watching what I eat, now I can almost see me feet. No chips, I'm on a diet. It's getting tough, I can't deny it. It's hard to keep your willpower strong when you're bloody ravenous all day long. Six weeks of eating things I hate and I've still not reached me target weight. It gets tougher day by day to resist that Chinese takeaway. And surely it can't really hurt. If I sneak in the odd dessert, treacle tart, spotted dick, lashings of custard nice and thick. Last night in bed I fantasised about Mr Kipling's apple pies. More chips, fuck the diet, happiness, you just can't buy it. What's the point of being thin if you're as miserable as sin? My wife's now living up the smoke, she left me for some chubby bloke. My calorie controlled obsession had plunged her into deep depression. So if you're feeling slightly lardy, and you'd rather be more laurel than hardy, although your doc might not endorse it, just squeeze yourself into a corset. Thank you. Okay, and the second one actually is um, a rather nostalgic piece. I was brought up in Ashton on the Line, and I've written a couple of poems about my times there. This one's about my teenage years in Ashton, and rather disturbingly, it's uh, it's all about shopping, um, which uh, I'd rather hoped I might have some more exciting stuff to write about for my teenage years, but that I guess shows the the sort of youngster that I was. This is called Ashton Market Part Two. Piled high on Saturday's trestle tables were clothes with imitation branded labels in man-made fibres from abroad, but these were all we could afford. Leonard Cohen was welcome to his famous blue raincoat, cause I had stacks and stacks of infamous black anoraks. Imported from lands impossibly distant, these items were allegedly weather resistant, though it was never exactly clear what weather they were built to resist. If you pushed the boat out and paid top dollar, the deluxe models had hoods tucked into the collar, which you'd put to use on rainy days. But by the time you got back to your place, your hair would be matted to your face and water would seep inside your coat and you'd be drenched from your waist right up to your throat. And as you wrung your t-shirt out to dry, your mum would ask you, why, oh why, did you buy yet another duff item from Ashton Market? The cheapest way to fill your belly was visit what posh folk now call a deli, where alongside meat pies of every type was a tray bearing great big slabs of tripe, an elder, 
a sickly shade of beige. You wouldn't call it all the rage. In fact, the only person you ever saw eat it was your granddad, who doused it with sarsens to obliterate the taste. And you'd watch him wolf it down in haste and think, how the hell could anyone eat that? But it'll come back in fashion, just wait and see, in a wonderful new recipe created by Heston Blumenthal and served in portions ever so small, which cost as much as a brand new telly. But you won't regret a single penny spent on sampling the unique flavour sensation of this classic British dish. Yeah, right. But then who'd ever have thought people would eat raw fish? Well, not here they don't. Sushi bars are conspicuous by their absence on Ashton Market. There were hardware stalls with DIY devices and batteries at knockdown prices, which the bargain hunters seemed highly pleasing. But these things were cheap for a reason. If Duracell batteries were long life, the ones you'd just bought were destined for cot death. You'd get home and put them in your radio to listen to the Kenny Everett show. And if City were away and you couldn't go, they'd last through the commentary in the afternoon. But they'd run out of juice all too soon. And they'd never survive long enough to hear Alan Freeman, dear old fluff, say greetings, pot pickers, at tea time on Sunday. So you'd have to wait till school on Monday to find out what was number one. You got what you paid for on Ashton Market. For cool adolescents who were on the ball, the main attraction was the second-hand record stall, where for 25 pence it was well worth the risk of buying an ex-jukebox disc, though to this very day I've no idea why I bought Bob Marley's No Woman No Cry. I didn't even have a record player at the time and I couldn't stand reggae, at least that was until the day I heard White Man in Hammersmith Palais. The only thing I can guess is I was influenced by the music press, because when the NME heard Marley sing, they said he'd be the next big thing. And yes, Bob will never be forgotten, but my next big thing was Johnny Rotten, who shook the country out of its slumber with an understated little number called Anarchy in the UK. The soundtrack to those golden years of jumpers for goalposts and underage beers is etched on grooves bought on Ashton Market. Go there now, and it's different for sure. Though it's still hardly a hotbed of haute couture, the styles aren't ever up to the minute, but then to go out of fashion, you firstly need to be in it. It got burned down, but it got up again. You ain't ever going to keep it down. And still the proud centrepiece of this town is Ashton Market. Thank you.